25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hole. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Well, 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 it's Thursday, and it's hour number two of the show on this Thursday. One of the things that I love about this is you just never know what you're going to get into. And it's what's really cool about live radio is it's like I get to have a conversation with you somehow, some way. Like, I can hear your voice. People have called in on the Divinity Equipment phone. I'm getting your texts. I'm getting your tweets. And it's uh, it, it's really short of in. I'm plugged in, and Roger short of sitting at a table with you know a couple of your buddies around and you're just kind of kicking ideas around shooting the bull. Short of that, this is the next best thing. <laughs> we just need some chicken wings in the studio. Oh boy, are you a big chicken wings fan? I am. Well, they're kind of high maintenance. I like them. Yeah, and they're definitely better than the boneless. Oh know? yeah. Well, I don't trust boneless wings. But you can't eat them in a dignified manner. Same for ribs. So let me just say, like, if there ain't a bone in it, I'm not sure I trust it. <laughs> Give me that processed meat. Yeah, not real big on that. But I am big on your texts at eight eight five ESPN. Your tweets, I'm Radio Wyatt, and you can always give me a shout, and let me hear your voice. On the Divinity Equipment phone, 995-1059. That's the number to the Divinity Equipment phone. I'll put you on the air. Divinity Equipment, your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. They've been doing it better, longer than anybody else. They also have Red Max, and they got a deal going on right now in the Red Max mowers. Listen to this. I told you about this a minute ago. Today and tomorrow... Red Max commercial zero turns 20% off. That's the commercial units with the Kawasaki engines starting at $51.99. And on those, the commercial, you can get 48 months 0% interest. The residential Red Max units, which start at $28.99, we're talking about the zero turns. You go buy one of those today, tomorrow. You're going to take home a free commercial backpack blower as well, a 400 approximate dollar value. Free. Take the blower home with you. How about that? So go check them out. Let me start you off before we get Will Salmon from The Athletic here on the show. Start you off with Chicken Hawk, who's on the Divinity phone. Chicken Hawk, long time no here. What's up? Well, man, look, I've been down, and I want to thank ESPN for still giving me my check. I've had pneumonia, man. That's for, that's for the 13th time in my life. So uh, I just, you know, just now getting back in the swing again. Yeah. Hey, uh, so, Chicken uh, Hawk, hold on. I just thought I would tell you that 
I have been fighting the crud myself for, I'm talking about head, sinus, chest, coughing up stuff, not sleeping because of it for a good month and a half. And I finally went to the doctor yesterday and I'm on an antibiotic, so I'm twitchy, but hopefully I'm on the mend too. I don't think I had pneumonia. Certainly I was not diagnosed with that. So I can't imagine what you've been going through, but it's just like, this time of year, something jumped all over me, and I have had a hard time shaking it. And, and apparently, you have too. Oh well, this is this is the worst time in in, in uh, you know to, to have the flu or pneumonia or really anything, especially with this kind of heat. Going oh on. yeah. But but look here, call Jonathan before I get to what I want to talk to. See if Jonathan, you know, he's a big old black and gold man. See if he's gonna <laughs> tear me and you down yonder to uh, Baton Rouge, and he can write it off, you know, on his company expenses. Absolutely. That's a great now, idea. Yeah, it is. Like, you ain't even thought about that, have you? I hadn't thought about it. I like the way you think, though. Come in there and check out those hoochie eagles. <laughs> well, that's why I wasn't at Hoover, man. I had, you know, had the tickets, you yeah. know, and stuff. I had to get the tickets away because, like, I had pneumonia. But let me get to what I called for. That diet, I have never heard that name, but I, and I, I have, been, I've got friends that went and had that stomach surgery, and they, and what I've been doing is basically what you're talking about, but. Uh, I've always been a big water drinker. So uh, on this, uh, before you can have that surgery, they make you drink this drink called Premier Protein. It's like an 11-ounce drink, and it has like 31 grams of protein and 20, let me see, one gram of sugar, 160 calories, low fat, and 24 vitamins and minerals. Mm-hmm. And you can, you, you're supposed to drink 64 ounces of water, and you can have five of those spread out through a day. But look, I'll, I drink the Gatorade jugs or 30 or 32 ounces, I think. Yeah. And uh, that's the supposedly spring water we have at work. Yeah. So I drink five of those a day, and I Ooh. get five. No, yeah, well, I mean, I've always been a big water drinker, but I drink five of those a day, you know, in the four, four at the least. Mm-hmm. And then I, I carry me two or three of these things with me, but I've never drank any more than two of these premier protein and then you know i eat at night yeah and it's working and for you 30, yeah i lost 30 pounds, 30 man, pounds. Within the last three months man, yeah that's the awesome. last three months yeah you know and it's, it's just like last night i ate four barbecue reels uh you know smothered with uh sweet baby rays and i ate a uh one of that white sweet corn that comes <laughs> out of arizona and then i ate me some uh a baked tater would, you know, put a little bit, probably too much butter on that. <laughs> but but, it, but it, it works, and it's not that hard to do the way what, what I'm doing. You yeah. know, for me, and I look, I'm, I, I don't have no fluffy bottom. My bottom is still kind of tight. You can bounce, you can bounce a quarter off of You know how they make the army do? Yeah. You know, I, you're not yeah, all you gut, bounce. no butt, are you? <laughs> not what you, well. That's why I got back problems, man. Roger, you know what they call that, don't you? Roger, they I, I hate to say it, but I'm gonna Normal. say it. No, they, they call that the no acetal disease. <laughs> <laughs> hey, chicken hawk. Hey, we got a split. What? I got a guest hanging on the line. Hey, I got a split. I appreciate right, it. Well look, don't don't forget to call Jonathan. Okay, I'll call him. I'll see if I can see work us a deal. Wait. See you. See you. Chicken hawk out. We, he said, did he just tell us we can bounce a quarter off his butt? I'll take his word for it. I wouldn't dare. (laughs) And I, you know, I'm going to try to recover. Here we go. That was Chicken Hawk.
<laughs> on the Divinity Equipment phone. And now on the Divinity phone from Gainesville, Florida, or somewhere down that way, he was in Destin this week at the SEC Spring Meetings, Will Salmon, our favorite former beat writer here in the state of Mississippi who moved on. He's covering Florida now for The Athletic, and he's on your radio. Will, how was Destin? Did you get sunburned? <laughs> I'm still here, man. I don't know if you want to talk about the spring meetings or if you want to continue the conversation about uh, dieting and uh, Gatorade ounces <laughs> and uh, exercising and losing weight. I could do either one, whatever. Well, look, man. yeah, I should start by asking you, how many baked taters did you have last night, Will? <laughs> you know, zero. <laughs> well, look, here's how this whole thing developed, though. It's going to go back to where you are, and that is spring meetings. This all started... Because I read about, and it was covered this week, Joe Moorhead has lost 50 pounds because of an intermittent diet where he does not eat during the day, doesn't eat any food until 6 p.m. or later, and it's apparently working, and all these other people are calling in and texting in who've done that and lost weight. So it kind of go, goes back to Moorhead losing weight, which I'm, when you saw him, I'm sure you could tell that he's really thinned up. Definitely, he has. I do the same thing actually, except my my eating period is between usually two and between two and three p.m. Okay, that's right in the middle of the day. So I'm a strong advocate of it myself as well. But man, he's looked good. I saw him uh, a couple of weeks ago. I did a story on him as well for the Athletic, just about how he has kind of taken more of a, a stranglehold on the offense, mm-hmm. kind of not more involved. I don't want to say that, but just as I wrote, just in front and center at the meetings now, or at least that's going to be the plan this year. Um, kind of like the face of the offense, if you will, as opposed to having Luke Getzey there in that role, in that chair. Yeah. But, yeah, man, he's looked good. Um, he's talking well, too, as always. Always a good, to, always good to chat with him. But, yeah, man, spring meetings is going pretty well. Uh, we still got today okay. going as well. Um, I think today we, we, we talked about mostly officiating, some rule changes possibly, whatever whatever's on the docket as far as that goes. Yeah. Hey, and, and Will, on a couple of those things, we're going to touch on it, but since we, we brought up Moorhead, I just thought I'd ask, you know, you wrote about it, have looked into it, and then kind of observed him bringing in uh, Tommy Stevens, the quarterback from Penn State, which has been a lot of the talk around here the last couple of weeks. What's your take on that situation and State bringing in that transfer QB, which is something that never happened under Mullen? Right. Super interesting, right? Because mm-hmm. here you have Joe Moorhead, who obviously knows that he needs to get this offense fixed. That's the big, that's the big elephant in the room when it comes to Mississippi State. Everybody knows it, brings it up. He takes ownership of it. Hey, it was my fault. I'm here. That, that's what I was brought to do, and it's, it's on me. I got to fix it. Now, could that be bringing in Tommy Stevens? Very much so, possibly. Uh, I talked to him about it, just with the idea of, hey, you're bringing in this kid. Um, obviously, you have to be pretty high on him, clearly, from, from what he from what he brings to this team, from what your background is with him. And he put it to me like this. Look, the kid brings all the intangibles that I look for. Uh, he's super competitive. I told him he's going to have to win the job um, coming out because we also have Keaton Thompson, and there's also a couple of the younger kids as well behind them. Uh, from what I understand, from what Joe Moore had told me, and I'm sure he's made it public as also locally, just – you know, Keaton was the guy, the number one guy as far as the spring goes, but now with Tommy Stevens in the mix, it's definitely a battle and something where, you know, the best QB is going to win out. And look, you know, he doesn't bring in this guy if he doesn't believe in him, clearly. And I think that the upside is 
still a little questionable just because, look, there's not a whole lot of game film on the guy at the QB position where you can really say, okay, this is what he does really, really well. This is what he needs to uh, what he needs to improve upon. But he does have some, some enticing, some really uh, tantalizing skills mm-hmm. and tools, like those raw tools. I mean, he could run, he could throw. It looks like he's the prototype for the offense that, that Moorhead likes to run. So I'm going to be very intrigued. And, and look, you know, he, he definitely needs somebody who fully understands his offense um, this year because this year is super important for him, I think. Sure, I do too. Will Salmon on your radio right now from The Athletic. He is joining us live from Destin, Florida, where the SEC spring meetings are going on. There's a lot of things that have batted up in the air, things they're looking at. I found it really interesting, Will, that Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the league, said that they are actually using an outside consultant to take a look at their football officiating. What what can you tell me about that, that I need to know the details of that whole thing? Yeah, well, I think it's good. And I think they should be even more transparent, to be be honest with you. I think that's a a good step to take because it's better than nothing. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think the SEC can stand to be a little bit more transparent in in how the calls are made and, um, what kind of goes into it, and to give some more clarity on exactly why this was called, because clearly, <laughs> if you just tune into any SEC football <laughs> game, and it's, how many calls are you going to argue to yourself while you're watching it on the couch, or or you're at the game and mm-hmm. say to yourself, you know, how could that be, how could that call be made? And I think it's it's interesting that he would take that approach, and it's good on him, and it's good on the conference to do that, just because look, you know, it, it is an issue. I mean, let's face it. it the officiating uh, needs improvement. But I will say this, though. It's getting harder and harder to find good officials in any sport. I mean, you look at it even at the high school and youth levels, people just don't sign up for it these yeah. days. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it needs improvement, and I think it's a good first step in, in trying to um, absolve some of the issues and solve some or at least troubleshoot some some things that are problematic uh, regarding what, what's targeting. Uh, that's always a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, just have some more oversight on it because it's something that needs to be needs to be improved. You know, and everything you said, I agree with everything you said and and about the, you know, less people signing up for it. You know, but we're talking about for instance, you know, big time college athletics and in the SEC millions and billions of dollars in revenue. And I just I'm a very simple-minded person and I think will, you know, number one, pay them a lot of money. Okay, and then after they, you know, they pay them a lot of money and you get more people interested in it and they train better and it becomes more competitive. You get better officials. And then when they really foul something up, just like a coach gets docked or suspended or not suspended, but gets fined or something, they get fined. And now all of a sudden we do a better job. Am I crazy to think that it's that simple for officials? (laughs) I don't think so. I think I think that's. I think that's fair. I, I think that, you know, it's really something that people don't often talk about is the fact that, you know, when an official blows a call or a ref blows a call or something is a huge miss, mm-hmm. he does he or she does not get does not often speak to the media about it. Sometimes right. they'll have a pool reporter there to get gain some clarity on big games or playoff games. And, and there's that, but usually, you know, any given Saturday, you're not going to get that chance to get any sort of clarity on why a call was made. And I think that could be thrown into the mix, too. That's just me uh, spitballing. But 
that would that I think when you, when you have to sort of explain it or you have to take ownership of it, I think that adds a layer to it as well. So it's not just you being fined for it, but mm. you also have to stay on your game and 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 know that you're going to be not just open to criti- to um, criticism, but also hey, I'm going to have an opportunity to also explain myself here. And, and and I think that's important, just like in anything else in life. I mean, when you when you get more information or you understand somebody else's perspective on why something happened or the way they saw it, I think naturally you you have a better chance of understanding something. That's easy for me to say when that's not my team getting a, getting a missed call to lose <laughs> the game in overtime or something on Saturday night. But but I think you know what I'm getting at. Yeah. Where you know sometimes um, you know sharing perspectives matter, and I think uh, it's a combination of a lot of things. But definitely. Uh, I, I think we're at the ground level here, and taking one step is is, is significant, in my opinion. I, I agree, and you know I look forward to them having Steve Shaw, who's a great guy, and he's good at what he does. But having him on television every week, I think it'll be ratings bonanza. But anyway, that's that's coming on down the road. Will Salmon on your radio right now from SEC Spring Meetings. Will, um, outside of you, the other Will that's making headlines in Destin this week is Will Wade. And I saw some of the video, you know, where he's kind of in a situation where he has to stand up there at this point and take some questions. If he's reinstated, it looked very uncomfortable. What was it like in the room? Well, I saw, I mean, I've been to a lot of weird press conferences, a lot of awkward ones. And I've asked <laughs> questions and awkward ones, you know, and I, and I've asked, you know, it, it, it happens, yeah. but, what was interesting about the Wade situation was he kept saying how fortunate and happy he was to be at, to be LSU's coach and how he sort of explained to LSU what happened or his side of it. But when he was pressed on it, and even with specifics, uh, including one where there was a recording, I think it was a Yahoo initial sport, uh, Yahoo Sports initial report that said he made uh, the strong offer. Um, when he was pressed on that, he, he said something along the lines of, well I, well, I haven't listened to the recording yet. And it's like, well, you know, you can't really have it both ways, where, you know, you say that you owned up to things mm-hmm. on one hand, but then on the other hand, you say, I haven't listened to the recording yet. I mean, that's just really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, to, I mean, then the, it's, it's either, you know, it's either you're saying that everybody, you, that you're smarter than everybody else in the room, and, and you think everybody's going to buy that, or it's just over your head as to what the question was or something like that. But either way, it was a bad look, and and um, it just made things, I think, worse. It really did. I, I think that he needed – he came in to that press conference needing to explain a lot, or in other words, he, he had a lot of explaining to do, and he didn't do any. So, right. <laughs> you know, it was like we got zero sort of clarification other than, yeah, he is pretty fortunate to be LSU's coach, and I'm not sure – um, how that's impossible at this point, but but it is. I, my gut tells me too; it's strictly legal. Will you know? I, I wonder, you know, contractually, all that kind of stuff. If you got to reinstate a coach when there's not some hard proof sitting on your desk, but as soon as there is some hard proof, they're going to fire him. You know, I mean, that's kind of what I think it goes back to. Yeah, that's a, that's that's fair to surmise. Definitely, I, I I think so too. It's just, I mean, the and I, I think he could have uh, he could have used 
some more. <laughs> I mean, there's not there's nobody who's really going to feel bad for the guy. That's yeah. What I'm trying mm. to say. But man, he could he could have handled that a little bit better. I mean, it was just kind of funny, like how he said, like, you know, I, I'm still going to be aggressive in recruiting, and it's like, okay, that <laughs> <laughs> easy how you answer these. But but yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think that that's something that gets lost in the translation too is the legality, and that's true with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's true with a lot of the things, especially regarding the NCAA as well, and and um, possible violations and sanctions. A lot of that comes down to that too. So I think you're right on the money with that. Sure. Hey, Will, uh, every time I have you on, the time goes by quickly. So, like, we're 20 minutes in. It went by fast. But that's a good thing. And I just appreciate it. I know you got another day of interviews and that type of thing. And we'll make sure everybody knows how to follow you on Twitter if they don't already. And great job as always. Thank you. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me on, man. Yep. Talk to you soon. Our pleasure. That's Will Salmon of The Athletic. He covers Florida full-time. He's kind of covering everything coming out of SEC spring meetings. He's there in Destin. And y'all should definitely give Will a follow on Twitter if you don't, excuse me, if you don't already. Uh, He's very good. He's at Will Salmon. Yeah, the Will Wade press conference thing, basketball coach, reinstated by LSU. He got up there, answered questions. It was just, it, it was kind of just ugly on several fronts is what it is sort of thing. Everybody knows what he did, but he's got to talk around it, even though he knows and we know. So he essentially has to lie. And you got reporters in there. They know everything that's going on, and some of these old vets going to hold his feet to the fire and show how they can really ask tough questions when we know they know what goes on. (laughs) It's just kind of a smelly situation all the way around, if you ask me. Rolling along. Still a little ways to go with you on this Thursday. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Hey, we know what time the football games are. Coming up in the early part of this season. 93 days away. Let me give you those start times. I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents that you can deal with one-on-one, face-to-face, the way it ought to be. Somebody you know personally. We call them the hometown hero because they're right here at home. Somebody you know, you go to church with, and that's who you deal with one-on-one. And again, I'll say it again, that's the way it ought to be. And I'm staying connected to you, as always, on this show because of C Spire. C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. And you can get a great offer right now at C Spire on the new Google Pixel 3a phone. I've told you about that. I've been watching these YouTube videos about the camera, the souped-up camera on that Google Pixel 3a. And, you know, I have an iPhone, but the camera on that thing is awesome. Anyway, right now at C Spire, limited time, you're going to get a Pixel 3a with a trade-in. So go get, you know, trade-in for the new Google Pixel 3a right now. 
Smarter tech, happier customers. Learn more at cspire.com. All right, so, yeah, they just put it out. A little bit of an audible here on this because I, I didn't know this was coming. But let me give you Mississippi State season opener against uh, Louisiana in New Orleans at the Superdome on August the 31st, 93 days, 11 a.m. Central Time kickoff. Man, I'll be back in Tupelo by dinner. <laughs> 11 a.m. for the season opener, State versus ULL in the Superdome on August 31st. The next week, when State hosts Southern Miss in Starkville, that's going to be a 2.30 p.m. kickoff on ESPNU on September the 7th. Y'all better hydrate for a week ahead of that one. Week three, Kansas State. At Mississippi State on September 14th, 11 a.m. Kick that sucker off early. And they've gone ahead and scheduled the Egg Bowl on November 28th, State and Ole Miss. It'll be on ESPN Thanksgiving at 6.30 on a Thursday night. Ole Miss has some kickoff times and TV assignments as well for the Memphis game, the Arkansas game, Southeastern Louisiana, and then, of course, the Egg Bowl, which I already told you. All right, so they're going to open the 2019 season. Ole Miss will open on August 24th against Memphis at Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium. Game time slated for 11 a.m. Nationally televised on ABC. Ole Miss at Memphis, 11 a.m. And then uh, on September 7th, They will have a night game at home against Arkansas, 6.30 p.m. on the SEC Network. On September 14th, when they host Southeastern Louisiana, that's going to be a 3 p.m. kick on the SEC Network alternate channel. So those are some kickoff times and channels and check your local listings. And all that jazz. So they just put that out there today. All right, quickly, back over to baseball. As I mentioned to you earlier, Bianco and Lamonis, the head coaches at Ole Miss and Mississippi State, respectively, both hosting regionals, were on the show yesterday. Here are some of the high points. Not the whole thing. A couple of things you need to hear. First up, Mike Bianco. Coach Bianco, tip of the cap, and congrats on making a run in Hoover and getting this regional in Oxford. I know that's huge. Well, I appreciate it, Matt. And, uh, yeah, you know, what a difference a week makes. And, uh, you know, but, but you know, it it's probably has come full circle. You know, we left uh, Baton Rouge feeling really good about ourselves, and then we just didn't finish the season very well. And, you know, uh, go one and five down the last two weekends and then go to Hoover and, and kind of find ourselves. Is it a testament to really – you know, that conference tournament being your last chance to impress that committee before they select? I think so. And, you know, we've seen it so many times. We've seen it so many times with LSU, you know, getting hot at the right time, you know, in that tournament. And uh, and I think uh, Ray Tanner, the chair of the committee, you know, made a comment as, as such is, you know, they're all in, you know, Indianapolis and they're watching those games. And so probably the one time all year that they're all together watching, you know, teams either do really well or do, you know, poorly. And, and you're right, it just depends on your situation. But, you know, if, if you need help like we did, it's about the best commercial that you can have. 
where do you place the importance of hosting? Everybody talks about recruiting, but when you're in the season, it's about winning and getting to the College Bowl Series and win a national championship. And, mm-hmm. and not that you can't do it, you know, uh, by way of you know, a road trip, but uh, it's you now it's the statistics prove out that the teams that host are more likely to, to move on. Jacksonville State, a team that. All right, so that's a little bit from uh, Coach Mike Bianco. Chris Lamonis on the show yesterday. It's nice to host, especially the first year um, having the new dude. Uh, we're expecting great weather, big crowds, and, um, you know, it should be a fun weekend of baseball. How many times have people stopped you and ask you who you're going to pitch on Friday? I haven't had it yet. Well, I have, I've had uh, interviewers, radio yeah. <laughs> has asked me, but nobody in town yet. So okay. usually, um, I don't know, they're staying away from me this week. I have no expectation that you would tell us who's going to start. Still thinking about it. It's, it's hard because it has a lot of factors. And yeah. so the factors are, you know, obviously everything's about winning this weekend and getting through this weekend the best way. And, mm-hmm. um, but there's a lot to be said. for. I've always started my number one, to be honest with you, in, a turn, in regionals tournaments. Even when we were – I was at Louisville and we were hosting, you know, we would always start our number ones. But you, um, we're, we're fortunate in our world. We have a couple – we feel like we have a couple number ones. When you're scouting other teams – how big of a deal is that? Teams that hit lefties versus hit righties and that particular part of the scouting report, is that a big deal or is it really not when you get down into making no, a decision? No, it's a big deal. I mean, sometimes you can't help it, though. Like, sometimes you can't help, you know, certain matchups and certain things because of, you know, the way you line it out. In baseball, you play, you know, the same lineup three times in a row. That tournament obviously is a little bit different, you know, and, and, and where we're at. But that's been, a, you know, to me, one of the keys to our team this year is, you know, when you look at our lineup, we, we almost hit identical against rights and lefts, so we don't have as many holes, maybe. So that's um, – oh, let me turn it on. That's a little bit of uh, – hit the button twice. Lamonis, a little bit of Chris Lamonis yesterday. And right now, as you listen to this show, perfect timing – because the answer to that question, who's going to pitch tomorrow, that's been discussed all week, that was on the show yesterday, as this time he's still thinking about it, that answer has finally been handed over. And I'm going back to Bradley from Clinton, who called in to this show in hour number one. He was the first caller today on the Divinity Equipment phone line, and he's the one who brought up the subject, and it made sense. And as we discussed it, we're like, we kind of talking each other into it. Yeah, that makes sense. And now we have the confirmation. Brett Hudson interviewing coaches and players right now at Mississippi State just after they have finished practice. Brett Hudson on Twitter, Brett underscore Hudson, breaking the news that JT Ginn will start tomorrow against Southern in the first game of the Starkville Regional. It will be the freshman of the year in the SEC, right-hander, former first-round pick of the Dodgers, turned down millions of dollars to come to college. JT Ginn starts on the mound tomorrow against Southern in uh, that first game. And when Bradley called earlier, there you have it. I mean, there's your answer. When when Bradley called earlier in the show, he, he says, you know, you might look at JT again for that first game because then you have Small and Plumley for the rest of the weekend. And my response was, yeah, I mean, as soon as all this came up, our initial 
Everybody, all of us, me too. We just go, well, if Small doesn't pitch, it'll be Plumley. We didn't even talk about JT again. And he's your number two starter freshman of the year. And, you know, you go, okay, Gens are right-hander, throws hard, lots of velocity, therefore, you know, maybe that helps your catcher and Dustin Skelton holding runners for a team at Southern who's stolen over 130-something bases. And then you pair that with the comment that was made yesterday by Chris Lamonis. And he said, you know, we feel like we have two number ones. Well, that indicated the number one, number two, Ethan Small and JT Ginn. We should have known it then. Bradley, you're correct. So a tip of the cap to you. All right, we come back. We're going to wrap it up with you. You're going to have the countdown of 100 college football teams in these final 100 days leading up to the start of the season. Today is number 93. And we'll get into that next with you here on the show. Wrap it up that way with you next. JT Ginn going to start tomorrow for Mississippi State. Stick around. You got your answer. It's going to be JT Ginn, the freshman on the mound tomorrow against Southern. And then the rest of the weekend would be Ethan Small and then Peyton Plumley. And so, uh, big spot, big spot tomorrow at noon for JT. Fresh out of high school. Not a freshman anymore, though, right? He's been pitching in big games all year long. So, there you go. What do you think about that? Y'all can let me know. You can text the show, 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN, or 885-3776. And, again, the uh, Divinity Equipment phone is open to you. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. They are your Kubota dealer. They also have Red Max. Check it out. Told you about this earlier. Right now, residential Red Max zero-turn mowers, not the commercial. The residential units that start at $28.99, you go buy one, you get a free commercial backpack blower with it. It's a $340 value. Now, the commercial Red Max mowers, zero turns, are 20% off right now. Starting at $51.99, you can get 48 months, 0% interest. That is at Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson as well. And look them up online, DiviniEquipment.com. Time for the countdown. 100 teams in 100 days. Yeah. If that doesn't get you ready to say hut and hit somebody, I don't know what will. All right, team number 93 on this deal is from Conference USA. They play their fight song from Conference USA. They are the La Tech Bulldogs, Louisiana Tech. What do you think about their fight song? Thumbs up, thumbs down. That's it. Very 1920. It is, isn't it? 
kind of 1920s-esque. You're getting ready with a fight, fight, fight coming up. You know, they do have that in there, but I, I don't have the version where they sing. Roger, Louisiana Tech University, founded in 1894. They are in Ruston, Louisiana. 12,467 students. Their student-to-faculty ratio is 24 to 1. I would think that's pretty good. For university, yeah. Yeah, one teacher to every 24 students. The average freshman ACT at Louisiana Tech is 25. Listen to this. Approximately 89% of the students at La Tech receive some form of financial assistance. So, you know, whether it be, you know, fees, tuition, you know, the, the academic scholarships and all kinds of stuff, 89%. I don't even know if that's like uniform across the board for other schools. I don't know. I just don't know. Anyway, there, there it is. Sounds high. Yeah, and it does to me too. You know, I don't again I don't know that it is, but it sounds high to me. Sounds high. Look at this. Louisiana Tech's pedestrian friendly campus centers around the quad. That's original. With its shade <laughs> with its shady shop. Sounds like my sounds like Mississippi College. Very pedestrian. <laughs> You're friendly. rubbing off on me, Roger. Now I'm starting to be cynical and sarcastic. You're starting to be real. <laughs> you call it real. That's original. Look at that. They got a quad. Big deal. Shady trees and the Lady of the Mist Fountain. <laughs> I am not making fun of La Tech. I'm not. Don't be talking about the Lady of the Mist, man. The Lady of the Mist. Now, now how many times do you think that thing has got soaked? Soap? Oh, yeah, you know it. You know, good and well. Ruston, a friendly southern town of approximately 2,200, is home. Sorry, 22,000. I'm sorry. 22,000. Home to parks, lakes, and world-class mountain biking trails. Now, hold on a minute. How many students did you say were there? 12,467. There's more students than residents? And there's, yes, the town is 22,000. Twelve, five of those are students. But hold on a minute. I have been to Louisiana. How are you going to put in here in your description at latech.edu that you are home to parks, lakes, and world-class mountain biking trails? I knew you were going to, the mountains were going to get in there. Now, come on. How close are they to Arkansas? <laughs> Look, just north, because it's a trail. <laughs> oh, it's, you can use mountain bikes on the <laughs> On our Bayou Trail. <laughs> Just because you can ride a mountain bike on it does not mean it's a mountain biking trail. <laughs> La Tech, what's wrong with you? Roger, we were talking just a minute ago about things we might use for a promo. Put that on there. There you go. Mountain biking trails in Ruston, Louisiana. It's like oceanfront property over here in Fulton. Give me a break. Come on now. <laughs> Uh, look, I'm going to get to football, I promise you. Team number 93 on the countdown of 100 teams. Famous Louisiana Tech alumni. You ready for this, Roger? You're going to know all of them. I mean, some good ones. I'm talking. I mean, we, 
They are not skimping on the famous alumni. You ready? Is TB one of them? Terry Bradshaw. Okay. Carl Malone. Ooh. Kim Mulkey, the head coach of the uh, Baylor women's basketball team, national champs. She's she went to La Tech. Paul Millsap, the um, the NBA player. Not to be confused with Ronnie Millsap. No relation to Ronnie. <laughs> There's a stranger in my house. Sing it, Ronnie. Somebody I just can't see. Somebody here I can't see. Double entendre. <laughs> and he went with it. He did. All right. Also, also. Phil, Ro- Phil Robertson. That's right. The Duck Commander, Phil Robertson. Trace Adkins, the country singer. Right. You know, Kicks Brooks from Brooks and Dunn. La Tech. Hey, Saints fans, Willie Rofe, La Tech, baby. All of them. And even Cy Robertson. I don't know if y'all knew that or not, but Uncle Cy, he plays dumb on television. He's a La Tech grad. Sure is. He's crazy like a fox. That's exactly right. That's what he is. Okay. There's some fun with that. Now, here's what you need to know about uh, Louisiana Tech football. First of all, they had facilities damaged because of a tornado back on the 25th of April. You'll remember that their baseball field was just demolished, or the stadium was around it, and um, they played, they added a late game in the season against Mississippi State, and State used it as an opportunity to fundraise. They did a fundraiser. Fans were able to give and donate, and all those proceeds for that midweek game just a few weeks ago went to benefit the rebuilding of some of their facilities there at Louisiana Tech, and I thought it was a good gesture. Softball, tennis, I mean, those facilities. Football was relatively okay, though. But they the campus did really get hit hard. So they've got some recovery stuff still going on. Last year, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, last year, Louisiana Tech, uh, you know, pretty good year. They went eight and... Did they play in a ball game? Yeah, they did. And they won it. So that was their eighth win. So they went 7-5 and five in the regular season and got their eighth win against Hawaii in a bowl game. And they, they ran Hawaii out of there. I don't know where it was. Um, if you look at La Tech, started the year off wins over South Alabama and Southern out of Baton Rouge. Played uh, LSU really closely in week three in Baton Rouge, 38-21. That was their first loss. So they're 2-1. and one. They win at North Texas, which was kind of an upset. North Texas has a quarterback named Mason Fine, who is a very good player, pro prospect. And La Tech went up there and beat them last year in week four, uh, 29-27 to go 3-1. and one. A Really good start. Lost the next week to UAB at home in Ruston, 28-7. Bill Clark, one of the best coaches in the country at UAB. Trust me on that. And after that UAB loss, they started 3-2. and two. They won three in a row, beat UTSA, UTEP, and Florida Atlantic. So they're sitting there at 6-2, but did not finish strong. They lost uh, three out of their last four games. Of course, lost uh, at Mississippi State 45-3. to Then they beat Rice and then lost at Southern Miss 21-20 to in Hattiesburg and finished the year 
with a pretty tough two-score loss at home against Western Kentucky, 30-15. to Of course, turnaround, got their eighth win in the bowl game, and uh, as we said, beat Hawaii. This year for La Tech, they're going to start the season at Texas. They're going to play the Longhorns in 93 days on August the 31st. Um, so that's what you're looking at. They'll play Southern Miss on October 19th. All right. That's it. How to wrap it up for today's show. We'll see y'all tomorrow. I'll be previewing baseball. Y'all join me in Starkville. See you then. See ya. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.